Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hi. Hey, I'm literally opening a bottle to survive my evening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know me. I already have some wine. I normally have not been drinking like if I have like a long shift the next day just to prevent myself I think I showed up one day I haven't had like a full-blown hangover on like working retail I showed up one day like questionable like my friend came over I think it was like a couple weekends ago my friend my screenwriting friend came over Uh. and we ordered takeout and drank but it was like we I think it wasn't that much like we each had a bottle but it was like over a course she's she was over here until like 2 a.m uh-huh. Um, but I went that was on a Saturday night and I went to work at 11 so I got up at like you know nine or something and I I wasn't hungover but I felt like off a little uh-huh. other than that I normally like I try not to really drink in between shifts like that but <laughs> it's so funny to think of how hungover we used to be in retail like I you know, know we'd be out until like you know, 3 a.m., get a couple hours of sleep, and then go to work. Mm-hmm. There would be times where, like, I was working at Solstice by myself, because <laughs> a lot of times we were working by ourselves, especially, like, for the first couple hours. Yeah. And, like, between customers, I would have to go to the back and throw up in the trash can. <gasps> and, and then come back up to the front. <laughs> oh, my God. I would wear sunglasses, so, like... And no one would think anything of it because I worked at a sunglass store, right? So I was just like marketing art. <laughs> you were straight up like. Isn't that funny? That is so funny. But yeah, oh, so. The good I, old days. I know, which like, I was like texting you like today. I, you know, I told you they presented me with like this opportunity to be lead cashier, but like. Here's the thing. And I'm sure this to me, I've been thinking about it. And it's like this scenario to me is like not just like a retail scenario. Like I'm sure if people have worked in a corporation or whatever, Uh there are sometimes opportunities that present themselves because the company doesn't have like the workforce that it needs. And sometimes that's really awesome. Like you could have the opportunity to step in a role that maybe you're not quite qualified for if they really are kind of desperate and that's really good for your resume and whatever but obviously like in some situations that's not like the greatest thing and so they were like when they asked me about it yesterday like you know we're the you know the girl that presented it to me was like the manager wanted me to talk to you about possibly being lead cashier and she basically was saying it because I felt like she had to say it but she was like you're a new you're a seasonal employee I don't want to scare you off like felt like she was approaching it in a way that was like this is what's on the table but like you don't have to take it 
Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, thinking about it. And when she said it really wasn't that much more money, it was like 50 cents more an hour. I'm thinking, no, like mm-hmm. if it was a couple dollars, like that would be a little different for me, but no. So I was just sort of like, whatever. I honestly, like I worked last, you know, yesterday and I came home and like showed up to work today and not really having thought about it too much. And when I got there this morning at 9 a.m., because the retail store opened at 9 a.m. now that it's holiday, the general manager was like, um, yeah, so we don't actually have a lead cashier until 5 p.m. <laughs> so this can kind of be your trial run. And I was like, what? So you're going to have me do all these tasks that I, A, haven't been trained on, and B, am not being compensated for on a Saturday in December. Hashtag capitalism. (laughs) Right? Like, I was internally feeling, like, and the more I stood at the cash register doing, like, hi how are you today what's your phone to ring people up i was just like my brain was going into that like marsha 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 like i was starting to get like really heated <laughs> yeah yeah and i I, knew. I don't know what this is called maybe it's just gaslighting but like i felt like he was gassing me up because they're in a desperate situation. Do I think I'm a good, you know, cashier? Yeah, I do. But only because like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't think I have like a phenomenal talent as like a cashier. (laughs) Um, I just, I show up on time. I try to look nice. I try and be nice to all the customers. And I mean, I am 37 working a job that a college kid can do. Like it's, you know, it's a pretty easy job relatively speaking um i'm not saying retail is easy um but i felt like if i were to go to management and say you know i think i should be lead cashier and if they weren't in this situation i think they would not give me a second look does that Uh make sense Uh because so all day that general manager kept coming up and being like how are you liking it? You're doing such a good job. And I felt like he was just doing that because they're desperate. Uh And I'm really sensitive to like that sort of like, I'm not someone who needs um, acknowledgement in that form, especially when it's like not something that I see is valuable to me. Like I don't see that job position as like valuable to me. Um. So it's like for him to gas me up over it, I just wanted to be like, can you stop? Like, and when I said I'm not liking it, like that's what I told him when he came up and said, oh my God. I said, I'm not. (laughs) He flipped his script so fast. Really? He's like, why? Is it just too busy for you? And I was like, no, I just don't like it. And to me, like, I now I feel like you're pressuring me like i never said i wanted it mm-hmm. he didn't talk to me the rest of my shift oh my god no i would call that gaslighting because it's like i mean we're too old to be manipulated by those tactics you know right. we've, we've lived we've learned but that's 
that's how it works. You know, just like you said, like if you yeah. were to go to them and say, I want this position, they not necessarily going to happen. But right, now that they, they need you, yeah, they're going to make you feel like really important and like you want to take it. And like, you know, like that's, that's classic gaslighting to me. Um, and just sit there and be like, why you're doing such a good job. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't even care if I'm doing a job. How do you feel about that? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I wonder what they would have done if your loyalty points were still sucking. I know. And you know what? I had a few no's today and I was thinking, who cares? I'm so awesome, right? <laughs> well, how else was your week? Was, was that, I mean, that pretty much it? Or <laughs> Well, that was just today, but um, my Etsy shop continues to get lots of sales. I did my first custom order. Nice. Which I, my plan was really to never do custom orders for that shop because the whole idea is like a set it and forget it type thing. Mm. So someone messaged me. I have these like different bucket lists. I have like about, I think I have about 40 different ones on the site right now. And he was like a business in Austin. No shade whatsoever. I think he possibly worked at Yeti. I wanted to ask, but I didn't. Um, he said that like they were having a bunch of employees come to town for like the holidays. And he was like, I'm just wondering if I could, you know, change up your Austin bucket list. I have an Austin holiday one, which he bought that one like as is. And then he was like, can we change up the regular Austin one to like have some specific places? And he said, I know it will cost more, but like, I think this is so cool. And my employees like want to have a say in like what, items are on there so I was like yeah like what do you have like what's on your list so he sent me a list like from his employees and it was like all kind of he basically just changed things that were on the list that weren't kind of in the same area and he added like uh-huh. go to the Yeti store which is why I assume it was the Yeti thing uh-huh. but I don't know so I updated it for him and um, just charged him whatever amount I thought. It was still, everything in my shop is under $10. So I just charged him $9. And mm. I was like, I'd appreciate like a five-star review if if you think that was up to snuff. And he was so nice. Like he loved it and um, left me a five-star review. And I was like, cool. Like it's honestly really neat to think that like, he's going to hand that out to like a bunch of people and they're going to like use that for their like company experience. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. And that was cool of him to come to you to ask you to customize it rather than just like, you know, stealing the idea. Yeah. And he was like, he kept being like, is this out of line? Tell me if this is too much. Cause when he sent over the list, it was, probably like 10 items there's like 25 items on the list and it was probably about 10 that he wanted swapped but i mean it really didn't take me that long to make the switch um plus like it's such fun work that it was like what it was one of one of those days that i was at home yeah and uh i was really i was like if you don't like it like i can change it but i put like a little like yeti cup on there and like whatever (laughs) random things so but then it was like on december 1st 
I felt like all of a sudden people were buying like the holiday stuff. Like one day, I think I made like six sales and nice. I've been keeping my phone on me while I work at the retail shop. And today while I was working, I could hear like ching, 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 ching. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, the one thing people might be interested in, I, I uploaded a new item this week that is a cocktail Mm. list and it's holiday themed cocktails and it's kind of a multi-piece product the first thing that you get is all of it's digital the first thing that you get is a really visual like a cute holiday thing it says holiday cocktails on the top of it and it has like 10 different images of cocktails and then it has the name and like what's inside each cocktail but it's just general like vodka soda orange liqueur whatever not yeah. like the actual measurements, but if you want to just print that, put it on your bar cart, whatever you can do that. But it also comes with the exact recipes and instructions on how to make each one. And it comes with the PNG files of all of them. So if you want to literally cut and paste them into a word file, and make your own holiday menu, you can do that. So I was just hung up on how am I going to bring this to fruition? And I will say I wanted to make the cocktails themed with holiday movies but etsy is so strict about oh, copyright, sure. <laughs> rightfully so as they should yeah. be but if you get your account dinged like you could get your shop shut down yeah. blah, blah, blah. so i was like so the cocktails are themed but they are so creative <laughs> <laughs> because i didn't want to put like the name of the movie yeah yeah but I might do like a contest. Honestly, maybe I'll do it on the Instagram uh, for the podcast. Like if you can tell me all 10 movies, you can have it for free. You have the phone. Oh, that'd be cute. Yeah. Because uh -huh. some of them are so creative because I just had to be like, okay, yeah. some of them are obvious. So I called my mom and I was like reading them to her. I'm like, can you get the cocktail kind of goes with the movie and the name of it obviously does. But, and then you just upload it and Etsy will tell you right away. Yes or no. And so I, it was like one night at like 11 o'clock, I uploaded it and I was like, <gasps> and it went through. I was like, gotcha. <laughs> That's hilarious. They're going to hear this podcast and be like, it has been brought to our attention. <laughs> but someone already bought it. So, cool. and they gave it a five-star review right away. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do more. I'll do more like themed cocktail lists. Yeah, that's very cool. So... Yeah, that's kind of my week, honestly. Nice. Not too shabby. Yeah, it was a pretty good week, you know. Not bad. Yeah, my week, I had a very long work week, even though it was short. Like, this was my Friday off, like my every other Friday off. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe it was just coming back from Thanksgiving this week. Oh, yeah. It was just like a struggle just getting through every day i was like oh my god um, i have always felt like the after a holiday like that like it, even if it's just like a three-day weekend where you get the monday off yeah i've always felt like those weeks were harder for some reason yeah i don't know why but it really was so i was like damn i thought i'd feel more rested but it was just a struggle so yeah. friday by the time i was off i had to go give blood that morning and you've you've known my saga with um, gay men not being able to donate blood. Yes. Um, 
So anyone listening, if you weren't aware, gay men are men that have sexual relations with other men, rather, um, within the past three months. Yeah. Cannot donate blood because they're considered a higher risk for HIV. Um, which statistically speaking, it's valid, but they test the blood. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it that make it a lot of homophobic bullshit. Yeah. Um, they are introducing something. I saw something recently where they may be changing it again because okay. it used to be a lifetime ban. Then it was like a one year ban. And now it's a three month ban. Right. And so I saw something recently where they may be changing it to where there is no ban if you're in a monogamous relationship. And I was like, how are they going to prove that shit? You know, like. Right. And like, honestly, and, I just don't understand. Like, I mean, obviously, I do understand why they're doing it. Like, not understand like it's right. Understand like I get that they're mm-hmm. trying. It's like a homophobic thing because straight men would be out here. Right. Right. Long and all over the place. Yeah. They're not asking heterosexual people if they're in a monogamous relationship. No, that's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah. It's fucked up. So we'll see. But maybe I can donate blood eventually. But I do have to give blood every two months. Did I tell you about this? Where oh, like no. therapeutic blood thing? So that's the irony of it all is that I've been a pissed therapeutic off. Therapeutic blood donation? Yeah. 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 I'll but, explain. What they, but what do they do with it? They dump it? They just dump it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That makes me sick because honestly, like, I personally am so terrified of that. Like, I, I'm sure I probably could donate blood. And I know it's something very, very good that they need. But, like, I'm, it is a struggle for me to do the blood panel because right. of how I feel about it. So the fact yeah. that they just dump yours is disgusting. Yeah. And that's the annoyance of it all is that, like, I have no issues. Like, I don't have any, like, you know, queasiness. I don't have any negative side effects like i'm the perfect candidate to give blood okay so wait what's the therapeutic thing to say that yeah so that's the irony of it all is that i've been pissed off about not being able to donate blood for like 10 years i post about it every year yeah because there's a a memory that comes up on my time hop every year because they (laughs) they used to have blood drives at lamar whenever i was working there and i would just get pissed off every time because they would have blood drives at work and like one time the woman Okay, that's like fucked up. Not saying it's like Lamar's fault, but like yeah. what if people asked you about it and Oh, like, they did. There was one time where the woman organizing the blood drive was like in our like community kitchen area. And um, she was like, Good morning, are you getting blood today? And like I was fucking pissed and I was like, I would like, if I could. I can't. I'm gay. <laughs> I know. I was like, I would if I could. And then she like just made a face and I was like, I shouldn't take it out on her. It's not her fault. No, um, but that's like, wow. I yeah. mean, these yeah. are the things that come up in situations where you think they're not going to come up. Exactly. Exactly. So I started seeing a new doctor like six months ago and she did like the most like um, comprehensive blood work I've ever had done to like look at all kind of different things, you know, in my blood within my body. Um, just doing like a full health check, right? Yeah. And one of the things 
that she discovered was that my red blood cell count is like really high not to the point where it's like super dangerous but apparently if you have like elevated red blood cell counts it could put you at a higher risk of things like blood clots and strokes and stuff okay so (laughs) she it was so cute because she made like this she made like a video for like a video recording going over all my results like talking about each problem area and she was like well this one's easy because there's a, a you know a therapeutic um solution to this you can just donate blood every other month and that would keep your red blood cell count under control and i was like actually i can't she was like i forgot about that my apologies (laughs) and so she was like let me figure it out so my doctor went out of her way to find a place in austin for me to go and give blood where they'll like take it and discard it like you said so it's, it was like a workaround solution I, that she found for me and, right. and set set me up with them. So that was, you know, she's a good doctor, obviously. But that was the irony of it all. That was like now, and it's because of my testosterone that I have to take every other week. Because apparently oh, it's a side effect. causing the red blood cell. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a side effect of testosterone injections, apparently, is that sometimes you can have increased red blood cell count. And so... Wow. Yeah, so I did that Friday morning, gave blood, which I do every other month now. I mean, you need Um, to get like a vampire facial or something with that blood. Right? (laughs) Because it's just being tossed. Uh Uh-huh. That's nuts. It is nuts. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was my Friday morning, and then... My plan was to be productive Friday, and I was productive for a couple hours. And then my friend Lauren was like, do you want to have another movie day? Um, she was the one that I was doing the Sex and the City rewatch with. So yeah. I was like, sure. So we did, we did that for a few hours. So how far are you now? So we're like h- halfway through season two now. Okay. I feel good like- God, Charlotte annoys the fuck out of me now. Like... She always did, but now I'm like, come on, Charlotte. Yeah, I've gone through such different, like, feelings with Sex and the City over the years because obviously yeah. when I first watched it, like, I loved it. I loved Carrie. Um, Samantha has always been, like, my favorite, but I really, like, enjoyed watching it. And then I feel like there, I went through a period where I really couldn't... Um, I really couldn't watch a lot of sexual content on TV. Like I was just having like personal issues. And so I would never Uh, watch like reruns or anything, sex in the city, anything that was like sex content. And then I think I saw like a few episodes and it's like, oh, I just can't stand Carrie now. I can't either. Honestly, I can't stand that. Awful friend. And just so much of it is just like, ugh. I don't know. And I tried to watch the reboot because I was like, I watched all the rest of the season and I got so emotionally invested with that scene of freaking Mr. Big dying. I cried. Yeah. yeah. And then when it came out that he's like a sexual predator, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm not watching this shit. Like, (laughs) 
I'm just done. I can't stand Harry. I don't even like Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker as a person. So like, I'm yeah. just done. And like, there's Samantha's not in it because of Sarah Jessica Parker. We all know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, no, no, no. I'm not. I think I watched two episodes and I was like, ah, I'm done. Yeah. I've been watching the new season. I'm like on the fence about it. You know, if, if they were to not continue producing it i wouldn't care but yeah. if they do you know i'll probably still watch it but it's it's been interesting to do a rewatch and just kind of like shift my perspective and just like i don't like any of them except for samantha at this point yeah um, no i love samantha yeah i feel like the first few seasons like definitely have just like some funny moments and like some gems in it but as it progresses like it's just become so problematic yeah yeah and it's just like it definitely was a moment in time, you know, like it was. that yeah. show succeeded because of the time we were in oh, for, for so sure. many different yeah. reasons and like obviously would not survive now. And it's so funny that like that moment was captured and obviously like a great success, but like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> um, Other than that. I've been slowly getting my Black Friday clothing shopping in. Um, oh, yeah. Did you order? A, oh, yeah, you did. Because you went to the outlet mall and turned around. And so you ordered stuff online. Correct. Right. Okay. So I ordered a bunch of stuff from The Gap just because, like, I know how it will fit me, you know? So it's just safe. And then it was like 70% off, like some, you know, oh, really yeah. stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy how how much off. I'm like. Are you still making a profit? I'm sure they are, but it's it's insane to think about like what full price really is. Anyway, I think it's all coming at this point. It, it came in like a couple different shifts, you know, but it was so nice to just get clothes that actually fit. Like, because I wasn't trying to buy clothes that like I wanted to fit into. I just bought clothes that would fit me now, mm -hmm. you know, and if I lose weight, fine. But if I don't, I have clothes that actually fit me. So it's it's a really beautiful thing. Like it was very therapeutic because I cleaned out my closet and have like three black trash bags full of clothes to get rid of. Like I had one trash bag full of trash, just like with clothes with holes in it and stuff, you know, that, mm -hmm. or like underwear and socks that don't fit, you know. So like literally a trash bag full of garbage, a trash bag, a black trash bag of clothes i hope to be able to sell to like plato's closet and then two black trash bags to donate to goodwill of all clothes that don't fit me anymore that's how much shit i had in my closet from like basically the past decade that i was just like not wanting to let go of because i mean it was all nice stuff you know yeah. and yes. but it's stuff that i just probably won't ever fit into again and i've been on like a self-acceptance journey of you know accepting my body for what it is now and it's so funny because i know that like self-perception is very different than like other people's perception yeah and like you know i think i view myself you know like really negatively but i don't think other people see me that way you know like Right. I don't think other people are just looking at me and being like, oh, that fat fuck, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. But that's how I see myself. So I'm just having to shift 
you know, my personal perspective. Um, yeah. Which it's that, hard. That like, therapeutic. It is hard. So, yeah. And then the weight issue is like a whole nother thing because I feel like for me, even still, like I've been gaining weight for years and I still mm-hmm. sometimes am like, why? Like I, I feel like I like try and eat so healthy and it's like, I know I'm not out here jogging every day, but like, it's just so different because I mean, you and me both, like we were boxing at one point. I was, I think back to the days when we were doing that and I was so fit. That was like the most fit I've ever been, but I was also doing the boxing and sometimes I would like lift weights. Like I would do a lot. And I do that now, but I also am like, you know, thinking back on those times, like I also wasn't somebody that was like super happy. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I have to remind myself of. It's when I looked my best, I didn't feel my best. Yeah. And it's like, even then when I was so slim and trim, I remember like, I remember specifically during that time. I would eat just like chicken and vegetables, plain chicken, grilled chicken breast and vegetables for pretty much every meal. I remember going on a date and we went to get sushi and I thought, wow, this is such a cheat sushi. Oh my God. And not like sushi with mayonnaise covered. Right. Just like sushi. And I was thinking like, wow, this is like such a cheat meal. And I feel like I've just dealt with like eating and weight issues like my whole life. And so it is, it's something like, I feel like, especially in the time we grew up, I mean, we grew up in a time of Abercrombie and Fitch. We grew Uh up in a time of, for me personally, like Britney Spears was a huge role model wearing the crop tops. Um, So like when I was on dance team in high school, like I would do a bunch of sit-ups every night. Cause I was like, when I perform in a crop, we had to wear a crop top uniform. I was like, I want to have like abs yeah um so i feel like the time when we grew up it's like that stuff was there was no body positivity no definitely not when we i'm gonna be i'm gonna be so annoyed if that comes back because there's been (laughs) hints that it's coming back like Like the the fit like anorexic skinny um like there's been hints that it's coming back like like what what are the hints there was like some article that said like cocaine skinny is back in or something. Oh shit. yeah. Well, because been... you know all those celebrities are like abusing that like um diabetes like injection. Oh god. That's like uh what is it called? Ozempic or something? I'm not sure. I haven't heard of that, but that's like they were talking about it on Andy Cohen's radio show. That's where I get all my pop culture news. Yeah. He was like, whatever the last award show was, like that Monday morning, Andy got on and he was like Okay, what is everyone in Hollywood on now? Because everyone looks so skinny. Yeah, everyone's been losing weight. Like, even the Kardashians. Yeah, in the Kardashians, they were like, oh, it's Ozempic. So it's like, if you have diabetes, it's not going to make you drop all that weight. It's supposed to, like, help curb your appetite, whatever. But obviously, if you don't have diabetes, it apparently makes you feel sick. So you don't eat. That's so obnoxious. Like, the Kardashians Um, who brought the big booty and curvy waist are now, like, all losing weight even like jonathan van ness jvn really oh yeah he's been promoting weight loss like he lost like 30 pounds he was always like super body positive and then 
there was um you know that girl from the really fat girl from this is us oh yeah 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 she's lost a lot of weight i'm gonna look up jonathan vanas right now yeah yeah so there's been a lot of like historically body positive people who are now embracing <gasps> the skinny I see lifestyle. his most recent pick is like a thirst trap shirt off in his uh-huh speedo uh-huh yeah and he is like skinny mini yeah yeah so all these body positive people are now shifting to being skinny so i am afraid that any progress that we've had is going to be lost so we need to like mentally ground ourselves to stay happy with you know with our new bodies because that is so frustrating because when they talked about it on Andy Cohen, they also talked about the fact that obviously abusing a prescription drug is not okay. Uh And the side effects of this, there's, there's one drug and there's multiple knockoffs and whatever the side effects are like bad, bad, bad. Like Uh after a certain amount of time, like your body's obviously going to get used to whatever you're doing and make changes around it and they said long term could possibly mean removing your gallbladder and possible cancer because Mm -hmm. of whatever and it's like okay really people like uh yeah um yep so just working on my body positivity (laughs) yeah i mean yeah, it's it's crazy, but I definitely think like obviously not having the clothes in your closet that don't fit because it's like that is not good. Um, getting clothes that fit feels good, and I think yeah, knowing like healthy is not necessarily a look a certain way, you know. Um, yeah, and I think for me, like especially like after um my dad passed away I was like you know I just have a regular practice of gratitude and like thanking my body for like getting me this far like right right been through a lot and like in general I've been really healthy and I'm sure you have people I have people in my life that wake up and have to take a handful of pills because they have all kinds of ailments or yeah and it's like I really don't I take vitamins and I'm really lucky that I don't have to. So it's like, you know, I may not have a set of abs anymore, but I'm still here. Yeah. My yoga journey has really helped me like appreciate my body more, you know, because yeah, that's what I love about yoga is it's a really good time to slow down and just like explore your body, appreciate like the different positions that you can get your body into giving yourself mm-hmm. grace if you can't get into certain positions i mean if you have a good yoga teacher at least they're helping you give grace to yourself mm-hmm. um, if, if, if you're ever feeling like you're not doing something right in a yoga class and your teacher is enforcing that find another yoga teacher hint mm-hmm. hint maybe at yoga for all humans yeah uh, <laughs> but that's that's what i've loved about my yoga journey is it's really helped me connect with my body as like something i need to appreciate more and take care of regardless of like how it looks you know because how it feels is what's more important 
Yeah, definitely. It's, um, I've always had yoga teachers that like, I always remind myself like, oh, if you try and do something like it may not be in your practice that day, because it could be Uh something mentally, maybe it's just not your day, whatever. And it's like just noticing things in your body instead of like judging it. Yeah. That you, you may not be able to do this pose or that pose. So I definitely think yoga goes hand in hand with that. Well, speaking of things that make you feel better, our next guest is a good segue for that. Yes. Um, I like this. Yeah. Hair is a really good hair. way to take care of yourself. Like, I mean, obviously for me, I'm bald. So <laughs> <laughs> there are limitations. Um, I will say so our guest, our guest is Alexis and she's been my stylist for, um, seven years. Ever since I moved to Austin, she's been my stylist. And one thing I will say is like, my mom has always, 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 I don't know if she realizes it or not. And she'll listen to this and hear it, but she, you know, taking care of yourself has always been a priority and not for vanity reasons, simply because like, that's just important. And like, getting your hair done and growing up, it was like, we are never missing doctor's appointments, but we're also never missing a hair appointment. Like that's something to invest in yourself. Um, and then later when I became a journalist, I remember I wrote about this like family owned salon, um, that had kind of taken on their, the owner, the guy who started it passed away from cancer. And so his wife and son kind of kept the legacy going. And so I interviewed them for a story and they said, you know, hair styling is one of the only remaining professions where you are allowed to like, not only like touch, touch your client, which sounds a little odd in today's world. You also connect with them. Like you're spending time with them. You're Uh and your hair is such a big part of your physical, like appearance, your confidence. And so that's something like that. I've thought about so much. That was when I still lived in Louisiana. So that was years ago, but when I came here, I really needed someone to color my hair because I've had my hair colored for years. And I literally just looked on the Ulta website and Alexis name, Alexis was the first drop down option. So I picked her because Uh I just needed somebody. And I remember going to her and she was doing the coloring really regimented And my old colorist did not do it that way. She literally took the two bottles and just scored them all over my head. So when Alexis did it like regimented like that, I was like, okay, whatever. As long as I get out of here looking okay. But I kept going back to her and we developed this friendship, but also like, I'm a firm believer. Like if someone is an expert in something, let them do it. And so I always Uh told her like, whatever you think she said, what are we doing today? I'm like, whatever you think is going to look good. And she's like, okay. So she's like, how about this? How about copper? How about this? And so through these years, like she's done so many different color iterations on my hair. And I feel like I hit the jackpot with her because she is a badass colorist. Like uh-huh. she knows what she's doing. And I, now I've sat in her chair through her getting married, through a pregnancy, through leaving Ulta, starting her own business. And we talk about, you know, all these personal things. She came to my house during the pandemic to color my hair over my kitchen sink. Like she's my hair stylist, but she's also my friend, (laughs) but it's like, it's so, it's such an interesting, like, I feel like that is, unless you're someone that regularly gets your nails done or regularly gets a massage, 
you really don't have those like intimate like relationships with a business owner. Yeah, it is a really unique profession that I have a lot of respect for. I don't remember if I talked about it in the pod in the interview, but I managed a salon for a year after grad school and the relationship building aspect of it and like the taking care of your clients like in a really real material way mm-hmm. was just so profound and meaningful like it it really is such an interesting profession and one that i think i don't think people necessarily look down on it but people don't hi- hold it to as high of a regard as they should because totally. like there's a lot of education that you have to do to become a hairstylist and a lot of on the job experience that goes into play. So I have such high respect for hairstylists and Alexis was a really fun interview. I I did notice that since working at Ulta now, people you know, the people have to come to the cash register to check out and they do the tip. And they offer we have the salon which offers hair services and we have a brow bar which offers brow services. And I noticed that the tips, even though a brow service is probably around thirty to forty-five dollars, people will usually tip more on a brow service than they would on a sixty to a hundred dollar hair service. Really? And I asked Alexis about it after we recorded our interview. I had yeah. her and I was like, you know, I noticed people tip more on a brow service. And she said, Yeah, because they think of that as a real luxury service where people often think of a haircut or a hair color as a basic need yeah and so they may not tip the 20 percent. that's so shitty blew my mind because i always tip alexis at least 20 percent every time yeah but i when i check people out sometimes they'll be like oh they'll tip 20 percent, and they'll be like well it's the holidays and i'm like oh my god well psa please tip your hairstylist at least 20 (laughs) percent so yeah i'm glad alexis sat down with with us because like I said now she has her own spot and I feel like this the place that she's at is such a unique place in Austin um that really like celebrates different cultures and I appreciate like even being able to like when I go I'm only I, Alexis has her own suite which we talk about in the in the mm-hmm. interview but there are times when I'm out like in the barbershop area and it's so funny to overhear the conversations that are happening or they'll say they'll ask these all these guys in there will ask Alexis and I what do you think about this we're thinking about taking a our girl on a date to Applebee's tonight what do you guys think about that <laughs> like, no 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 um <laughs> And I remember one time there is um, a woman there that is really good at like braiding hair and she was washing in the bowl like next to mine. And we were talking about Haley Bieber. She did like the dark liner and called it a brownie lip. And everyone was like saying like you're now Haley Bieber is appropriating. And and I straight up asked the uh the black stylist. I was like, is that appropriation? And we had this long conversation about it. And like, it's just... I like being in places where I feel welcomed, but it's all kind of different people. Yeah. And that's where Alexis is at right now. And it's just, there's also people in that shop that, um, like I said, do braiding, also do lashes. At one time there was someone in there doing nails. So it's like all, just all kind of different people in there taking care of themselves. And it's just a really neat little like corner to be. 
I love that. Yeah. Well, here she comes. Enjoy the combo. I love IDK. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Alexis? I don't know. <laughs> did I do it? I did it. You like, did it. I, I was about to be like, is this Alexis first time on Zoom? Kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, it one other time. You don't have to deal with the obnoxiousness of Zoom like we do, I guess. So that's nice. Yeesh. So yeah. you are Holly's hair wizard. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you're doing. Her hair is always awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I managed a salon for a year after grad school and learned a lot about how hard hair is. So kudos to you. It's definitely, um, I wouldn't say like an undervalued career, but I don't think people understand like how hard hair school is and how just much of a science it is, you know, especially whenever you're doing color like that. <laughs> well, welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, Alexis. We're happy that you joined us. Yes. What are you drinking? Um, It's rosé. Rosé all day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, Cabernet. <laughs> it's a very big pour, I know. That is the type of pour I like to see. <laughs> Should I just bring the box out here? Girl. Just, just put your mouth under the box. We I'll have no shame. no shame. I made an espresso martini. That's beautiful. It's so bougie. Yeah, like I... Said, I yeah. to, <laughs> no, but I had to Google how to make one because I was like, I knew there was vodka. I, or I guess some people make them with... Um, <clears throat> tequila or anything but yeah. i had to google like what was in it yeah that sounds awful tequila and chocolate i don't know yeah i didn't i used vanilla vodka oh yum in it it's did you make good. it with like your espresso machine mm-hmm. oh yeah so she's real busy because she has an espresso machine at home i did espresso <laughs> uh the vodka like two ounces of espresso one ounce of vodka and then like some chocolate liqueur and a little bit of uh coconut milk all right it's good i've never had one never had one i've had like that nine dollar choco wine in college does that count (laughs) oh yeah i bet it honestly tastes similar (laughs) can you see blanche she's sitting back there where is she? Should I meow? She, she's again? on that. She's on that stool. Can you see her? She's moving her tail. I can. Yeah, I can speak cat, and I don't know what I said to her cat one time, but she was like really highly offended. <laughs> yeah, Alex, Alexis. alter ego. <laughs> Alexis came to my apartment and did my hair during the pandemic lockdown. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, she like washed my hair in my kitchen sink, and. Did my hair like even during the lockdown, my hair was not missing a beat. <laughs> Did you do that for a lot of people, Alexis? What? Did you do that for a lot of your clients? No. Just no? to select few, honestly, because I wasn't willing to go into everyone's house, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like it was pretty early. Like I feel like it was like in the first few months of the lockdown where we were still kind of like yeah i'm sure of everything 
I mean, I thought the world was ending, so I was like, fuck it. What does it matter? Do it. Yeah. I mean, it was a wild, I would say, six months at the beginning of it until like we really knew what was going on with the vaccine. It yeah. was a really wild ride. Um, like one of my good friends lived in New York, which is where one of the big outbreaks started, right? And we weren't, we were like, are the state borders going to close? Like we didn't know okay. what was going to happen. And so we just told her to come to our house. So she drove from Syracuse, New York to, we lived in Iowa City, Iowa at the time. And it was in like the first two weeks when we were like, okay, it'll be over in a couple of weeks. And then three months later, she was still at my house. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, but we're, this, we're good friends. So it was fine. <laughs> it was fun. Um, anywho, we're not here to talk about us. We're here to talk about you. Oh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. I mean, you know, what's what's your elevator pitch? Where do you come from? Who are you? Who am I? Oh God, that's so vague. I don't know. I'm a color specialist. I'm a mom. And really, that's like. I'd say the entirety of me. <laughs> Just hair and momming, honestly. Yeah. Where did you go to hair school? Aveda. Oh, nice. Aveda Institute here in Austin. Are you from Austin? No, I'm from New Mexico, but I've been here like 11 years. So I guess so. I'm basically from Austin at this point. I don't know. I think so. You're probably you've been here a lot longer than a lot of people here <laughs> yeah so what are you gonna ask holly oh just after you tell us your like um career journey like after you finished up at aveda like what were you thinking you were gonna do and where did you end up well after i finished aveda i actually up and moved to la randomly because um, i thought i would like it more than austin i wasn't even doing hair out there um and i hated it and so i came back to texas and then i did two different internships at two different salons um and then i ended up at ulta which is where i met holly um and i was there five years yeah like at ulta do you is there hair at ulta or were you like doing makeup at ulta um mostly hair there's the salon in the back it's there yeah wait like ulta is like the makeup store right am i mm -hmm. getting that wrong i never knew there was a salon in ulta is that normal for all of them i think so yeah mm -hmm. my mind is blown. i mean i've probably gone into an ulta like once or twice i don't really like you know buy you've, a only lot of been, you've only been to ulta once or twice how are we that close of friends i mean i have no hair <laughs> I'm bald <laughs> under this hat, um, and I've been wearing Mac blot powder since I was 18. So. Yeah, you you are you are a Mac a Mac girly. Yeah, I've had the same concealer and blot powder since I was 18, so it works. Um, yeah, yeah, Ulta has the like a a brow bar, like they do the brow services, like from Benefit, and then they have a that. separate like salon. Uh, you can get your makeup done there. Um, and I believe you can do like facials 
some yeah. sort of limited like uh, other services. I don't think they do that anymore since COVID. Yeah. Anyway, so you worked at Ulta for five years. Yes. Um, I don't so, even ended up there, to be honest. But when you were working at Ulta, like, first of all, like, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Um, I did learn a lot when I was there, mostly from experience. And, like, I did learn a lot about numbers, um, like the financial side of the business, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else <laughs> was kind of hellacious for me because... I don't know, like you were treated like a number. Um, You're extremely limited and they were always trying to push product, which is why you ended up at that kid's birthday. Oh, yes. You know, it was just, (laughs) Uh it was too pushy. And when we weren't busy as stylists, they wanted us out on the retail floor, like working, doing whatever, but like you didn't even get paid for that you were doing it for free because it was all commission-based. So like everything was just for the sake of Ulta and the corporation and yeah. Yeah. And I would assume there's a certain type of clientele that uh, goes into Ulta, gets their hair done at Ulta versus like other salons. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that depends on your price point, but like when you start, you start like at a super low price point, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when you get <laughs> all the crazies and the weird incidents <laughs> and stuff like that. And you kind of work yourself up, but I mean, I got to elite stylist mm-hmm. and like, even at that point, like my success was still capped. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. all your prices what you can do like I couldn't offer all the services I wanted to offer that I do now Mm -hmm. there was still just like a ton of limitations do you mind sharing what your commission was at Ulta oh boy oh like if you sold product you got well or no like your services like whatever uh, oh okay, whatever okay. stylists are commission based they like you charge you know whatever you, don't you pay actually them. make the yeah Correct. okay yeah so it depends on your level um and also the number of sales you hit for a week um when i left like you had to hit at least 901 dollars a week to get any type of commission or else you got minimum basically. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that was only 40%. So, Oh God, I can't remember, but basically it depended on the sales you brought in. I know like $2,001, like they had to tack that extra $1 onto it. It was like 55%. And then they would give you 70% if you hit $3,000, but in a week price point, you can't do that without literally murdering yourself. Right. Because they didn't even offer extensions. So it's like, so what's the most expensive thing someone can get at Ulta? Probably a full highlight. 
And I think the price was like, I want to say 165, mm-hmm. which yeah, for a, a good, full highlight is like cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. For a lot of effort, it's very cheap. Yeah. For a lot of effort. And I mean, well, I mean, you, you like have kind of like a niche in color, but when you were working at Ulta, were you, were you still mostly doing color or were most people like cut in color, cut? I was very much still a color person. Yeah. But now I get to do more fashion colors, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing extensions, which is, you know, I love extensions. I can do that there. That's crazy. I didn't know they, they didn't do that. Uh-huh. I think now they do because they've realized everyone wants them now. So they've had to like hop on board, but at the time they didn't. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like my last few months there. I don't know. I've mentally blocked a lot of. Older- <laughs> <laughs> I was there for the health insurance. Oh, well, at least you had health insurance. That's good. Yeah, that's nice. So when did you. When did you decide, like, okay, I'm going to go out on my own? So I hit, like, whatever level you could as a stylist, right? And my next goal was to be salon manager. Because I've always, like, wanted to be in education. I'm still thinking about it Um, now, like, teaching a few classes. But... When COVID hit so they could save a bunch of money, they fired all the salon managers and they made it so you didn't have to have a cosmetology license to run the salon. Um, They had the retail managers doing it. And it just made me feel really uncomfortable because like they don't know anything about hair, anything. And basically they took away my end goal. So I was like, I'll just manage myself. But I had always wanted my own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That was just like my my jumping point. Like, okay, it's time. Like, you need to just stop overthinking it and do it. Okay, so once you decided, like, um, out of here, how did you go about like figuring out where you wanted to like set up shop? <laughs> oh God, no method to it, honestly. Like. I had known a few people that worked for Janine before, Mm -hmm. you know, you, yeah, you were my client before it turned into the connect and like, yeah, basically she just offered me three weeks free to get my foot in the door, to get set up, to get my business running. And it wasn't that far from Ulta. So I knew like my clients would be okay with the drive. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yeah. Can you explain like for people listening that don't understand like how, like how a setup like that works, like you like renting a booth or however you do it? Yeah. At first I was renting a booth, which is, you just basically get like a a few shelves and a mirror, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you pay like a monthly fee or. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer booth rental or commission? Um, well, now I'm in a suite. What does that so mean? I would say suite rental. 
sweet rental. Okay. <laughs> because like, like when you're in the booth, like you're still, it's still like open and there's still a bunch of people around you. So it's like you're doing commission, same environment, but you're paying for it. So like now I have my own room. I have a door I can shut. Like I can really make it my environment. So I like that. That's but nice. I would sweet never rental. go back to commission. <laughs> I'd never, I've never heard of sweet rental. rental. That's that's bougie. Speaking of bougie. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Because when I first went to the new place, uh, you had the booth and I think it was two or three times that I went when it was still Janine. And it was, I guess, on the days that I went, like there weren't that many other stylists in there. And then it switched over to Connect. So tell us about, is it ATX Connect or Connect ATX? The Connect ATX. The Connect ATX. Okay, so tell us about that because I think that, I think it's so unique. Oh boy. Well, the way it turned into it was weird, honestly. Like Christina, who's Lido's wife, Mm-hmm. She was working there like two months before I was, and she does lash extensions. And basically, her husband came to work there. He was doing booth rental. Janine was like over it. She didn't want the salon at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of made a joke with him about taking it. And then he did. And just like changed the overall vibe, which is great because. When I started working there, I didn't realize I was going to be working at Salon Karen. Um, (laughs) It was bad. It was like a bunch of really old curmudgeon-y white ladies that were just set in their ways. Yeah, there, there there was so much tension in there about COVID. Uh, when it was still, yeah, like I remember going, you know, we were wearing masks. I think the vaccine was like right coming up, like, and, uh, you know, my appointments take longer than like a guy's appointment or whatever. And I remember there was like a stylist there that she went through a couple, you know, just people coming in and getting clips or whatever. And (laughs) every person that came in, she was like, what about COVID and starting (laughs) controversial conversations. And I'm like, how is she surviving with this talk? Like, no, that's all they could talk about. And like, honestly, it was really weird for me because like my clients are wild. Okay. (laughs) Like I have clients that say some shit and they'd be talking about like COVID vaccines and their tomato gardens and like, my client right across from everyone is like screaming about butt plugs. And everyone's like, <laughs> and I'm like I don't belong here. Like it was just bad for a while. It was bad. <laughs> so now it's the the main part of the salon, or I don't even know if you still call it the main part of Connect is really like a barbershop atmosphere when you go in and then where Alexis has her suite, there's other suites, like other, um, someone that uh, two people that do lash extensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's multiple like small businesses, like in the same 
place. Yeah, everyone's an independent contractor, but the front now is like solidified as like a barber shop. Mm-hmm. And then there's C, and she does like braids, silk presses, festival hair. Um, she's doing lash extensions now, also. And then there's me with my color and my weave. Mm-hmm. And then we also do. There's like body cavitation there now, and then more what lash. Is that? And eyebrows. <laughs> Body cavitation? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It's like a, um, it's kind of like a body sculpting service. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. It sounds scary, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I've just never heard of that before. I'm learning new things. <laughs> I did it once and it's kind of wild actually it's like it feels like getting a sonogram but like it's like electromagnetic waves or something it's supposed to break up your fat cells yeah does it make you like pee out the fat yeah or other things you know (laughs) (laughs) just makes it leave (laughs) yeah in various ways So as far as we keep saying going out on your own, um, but leaving Ulta, you know, because I feel like there is a difference between the Regis's and Ulta's of the world, like the corporate salons, right? Mm-hmm. And then going into more of like a small business salon. It sounds like you prefer the the small business side of things. Are wow. there... Good. I'm glad that you found your sweet spot. Um, your sweet spot. <laughs> Wait, why was that? Why was that a good one? I, there was no pun intended. Because I, I know she has a sweet, sweet rental. <laughs> that, <was, laughs> that was so unintentional. That's great. Why? <laughs> he literally found her sweet spot. <laughs> Damn, I'm good. I'm not even meaning to. Sweet spot. <laughs> that has so many meanings. You're uh. welcome. You're welcome. Um. We won't charge <laughs> trademark fee, trademark and license. <laughs> <laughs> that really was unintentional. Obviously, I was completely confused by my own joke. So, what would you say? Like, are the advantages and disadvantages of you know doing your own thing? I don't know. Sometimes I feel like all I do is spend money. <laughs> like even like when I moved to my suite, like on paint decorations, I still have some, I haven't gotten up. Um, color, obviously supplies. Um, and then when I'm really busy, like, I mean, you own a small business and you have to, like, sometimes you feel like you're just working all the time, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh great. I have freedom. But I work 24 hours, like, sweet. Mm. Um, Yeah. But advantages, like, I finally get to be myself. I I just have, like, options. I have all the options. I can take my career anywhere I want to go. I can make my schedule however I want, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Charge the price that you need to charge. Yep. Yeah. I will say the big difference, like having gone to, because I mean, I went to see you at Ulta for years, multiple years. 
And I will say, and it was nothing like this is not a stylist fault, but like the one thing that really like sucked at Ulta and probably the same at any salon like that is like you are right next to people the whole time. Like when you're in the chair, you're with other people. And then even when you go back to your hair washed, you're like, you're like within a foot of someone like another client. And I just felt like you're always like in someone else's conversation and it's like not as a relaxing experience as when you have like your own space. Yeah. I mean, I can tell a difference in my clients. Like I could tell a small one when I went to booth rental and I could tell a big one when I went into my suite, it's like people, opened up to me more I could just tell they felt more comfortable mm-hmm. yeah I've noticed that myself um oh, we- the next question's yours <laughs> <laughs> are you scared oh, to God. ask it what is well, that? Just- the last time that I, I you know you did my hair recently like a week ago and we were talking about you know just no it's nothing scary <laughs> <laughs> Just work. Are you firing me over Zoom? No. (laughs) (laughs) What? No. All I was going to say is like, I mean, we've established like the main portion of connect is a barbershop like it's it's an a primarily black staff the clientele is primarily black which uh, I, I personally think is so cool like barbershop culture is so interesting to me and I think you know the times that we're in the more places that can celebrate black culture and monuments in that culture is is really important but we were talking about it the last time I got my hair done because you said you said that you know, having your suite in, in that air, that same building, like you lost some clients because of that. And I was just curious about like what you're willing to, to say on that. I mean, no one like came out and outright said like, Hey, I'm not going to go there because there's, you know, um, african-americans working there now but yeah sometimes i could just see like the shock on their face like Mm -hmm. shock and then they'd get the text for their next appointment suddenly an emergency came up and then they never came back or you know actually one time barbara she came in when everything really started changing and she had been my client for years. Um, we did a full highlight. I checked her out. I walked her out of the door and then she pulled me aside and she was like, so most of the people that work here now are black or what? And I was just like, um, actually like, yes. Like, do you not like, what? Like, why are you asking me that? Um, and then she never came back. Yeah. But damn. Okay. Because honestly, I don't even want that fucking money. Yeah. Like just, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shit like that. And then you come back to me. Mm, Yeah. I'm probably not going to be that nice. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, that happened. Um, I had one lady freak out and cuss me out over the phone and call it a ghetto ass salon. She said, fuck you and fuck everyone else in that ghetto ass salon. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, that was a situation. So it was just a few clients, but yeah, it wasn't a mass exodus. <laughs> but yeah. still, I mean, that's just like honestly something I wouldn't even think of. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I honestly, I didn't feel like I attracted people like that. Right. At all. Um, especially because I usually have wild ass hair. I have like facial piercings, I have tattoos. Like, I don't look like a Trumper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. that's a good segue Sorry. because. Can I get in trouble for saying that? No. no. Please say whatever the hell you want. We have no censorship here. Uh, no, but I'm glad you mentioned Trump because it's not a reflection on you that you had clients like that. Because one of my good friends, who is also a stylist, and she worked kind of in a conservative salon in mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, 2016 mm. was a hell of a year to yeah. be in the service industry good god that was whenever you learned a lot about people and she learned you know a lot of her clients were bigots and she was like what do i do like like how do i how do i manage this because like they're my clients but now i don't like them you know hey big, bigots need haircuts <laughs> no they don't no they don't well they're they not getting burden. them from anyone good <laughs> they need inverted bobs. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they need the Karen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. The the cool thing, and this has uh this is a total like pivot, but I will say the cool thing about seeing like from the first time that I saw you at this location with your booth and then seeing it now once it became the barbershop, like they completely redid the inside so that like, it's not all these separate booths, like all the chairs face each other and there's like big TVs. Like it's really, I think it's cool to go in there and when other people are all in there, especially if it's like a Friday, people are all like talking to each other. It's, it's, yeah. a, I think it's really neat. Yeah. I mean, most of my clients, excuse me, have like absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of my clients love it a little too much. I <laughs> like, actually, oh my God. Oh, I hope she doesn't hear this. She probably won't care. But <laughs> when I moved into my suite, like from the floor area, she got so mad at me. She texted me and she was like, how am I supposed to look at all the beautiful men now? I was going to say, she can't, like, stare at, like, all, I like, all the hot I have guys a window. Living. You can be a creep while you're So pressing. she's like, okay. <laughs> Looking through the blinds, like, hey, knocking oh, on the window. <laughs> I do. I, uh, so are most of your clients women? What? Are most of your clients women, or do you even do men's hair? 98% of yeah. my clients are female. The 2% are very flamboyantly gay men. Sure, yeah. I don't take on, I don't like dealing with straight men as clients because they're boring. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Because <laughs> they're boring, is that what you said? 
they're boring. Yeah. They don't talk and they just mope around and they don't <laughs> want color. They don't do anything fun, you know? I do know. Yeah. Whenever I manage that salon, I mentioned um, the salon owner, the majority of her clientele was straight men. Oh, um, no. Yeah. And God, it was so hard to entertain <clears throat> them because that's the salon manager's job is entertain them. Um, at least it was my job. And <laughs> they were so hard to entertain. You know, so, like, what, what does that mean? What did you do to entertain them? <laughs> I think Girl. I'm like, are you like, Tickling their nips. That's the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, <laughs> so the woman that owned the salon oh was like super burnt out. And she was just like, cause like doing, uh, working in the service, the service industry is very emotionally draining like you're just constantly having to lead conversations right Mm -hmm. and she was just so tired and it became my job to entertain her clients so that she could go take a break Mm. like whenever their color was processing or whatever the case may be (laughs) and so literally i would just like talk out my ass like i I wasn't like you know doing weird dances or anything but like (laughs) literally just like i became like this whole separate personality and would just like i don't even know what the hell i would talk about but i would just like constantly come up with new things to talk about and just entertain all these women and i mean the straight guys ended up liking me for the most part but some of them were just way too broy. um <laughs> but yeah like god it, it half of it is entertainment it's crazy well, Alexis provides all kind of entertainment when she does. <laughs> I really do. She likes to sing, make funny noises, <laughs> choose different playlists. <laughs> yeah, make horribly inappropriate jokes. <laughs> Probably talk about Dahmer too much right now. <laughs> oh my god, I have I haven't dipped my toe in that yet. <laughs> Okay. So, thoughts on social media? I, I checked your social media out. And you have a good, Ooh. a good social media game. It's <laughs> a grunt. <laughs> has it has it been good for your business though, um, or is it just the bane of your existence? Right now, it is the bane of my existence. Yeah. Um, so it used to be like. You could do some badass hair and take a really pretty photo and it would get recognition. Well, now photos are dead and I've uh-huh. had to figure out how to do all these videos and these reels and you got to keep up with the trends and make sure you're using a good sound. And then like, there have been times I've literally worked my ass off on a reel, like, and gotten frustrated with it and stopped and came back, like perfected it, thought it was like the next big thing. It gets like 20 likes. And then I post something that I don't think is even gonna be relevant and it's like 700. And it's just like, (laughs) it's really hard to figure out. Yeah. Do you think- It's insane. 
do you, I mean, Derek, like, cause now Derek is doing like his social media for his business. Like I am kind of yeah. out of it, out of this game. Like I will say at, at one point during my full-time job, um, several years back, social media was a part of my job. And I quickly realized like how much I do not like it. Like it takes up so much time. You have to keep up with the algorithm yeah. and it's so hit or miss. And a lot of times if you're, if you're not working for yourself, if you have a full-time job that involves social media, your manager is like judging your success on how successful the posts do, how many followers you get. And it's like, <clears throat> so do you, do you, do either of you have like thoughts on like, do you think it's this whole algorithm issue? Do you think it's just like people don't engage on social media right now? Like, what do you think the like issue is? I wish I had that answer. Cause like <clears throat> there was like a month ago where like everything I posted was getting like a crap ton of views. Like I was like, Oh wow. I finally figured this shit out. I'm doing something. And then all of a sudden it just dropped off and I have no clue why you know and I've looked up all those stupid articles on when it's best to post mm -hmm. not I've tried all the tricks the hashtags and I still get frustrated so like honestly I don't know if it's the algorithm or the content I put out maybe people are getting bored with it like that's the hard thing about social media is that no one gives you an answer back Mm -hmm. you know it like either it works or it doesn't and then if it doesn't you're kind of just sitting there like what do I do now you if, know if you post something that like you think is successful like if you're like okay wow I got a lot of likes on this whatever that number is for you do you get like <clears throat> new clients from that or do you get like how, what does that look like when it's like okay I got a, a success from this like do people contact you for services or what um, there's been a few times, a few Saturdays ago, um, I guess someone was looking for someone who does like, just like fun color placement, like color blocking, like more fashion colors. Um, mm -hmm. and she liked my profile. So she mm -hmm. came in. It's very, most of my clientele is word of mouth referral based still. Okay. Yeah. But I think it helps that those people who are referred to me can go to my Instagram and look at my stuff. Right. It's kind of like a portfolio. But I mean, still, it's it's really hard not to get lost in like all the numbers of Instagram, you know? Plus, yeah, I, know. I feel yeah. I feel like the the stylist side of Instagram has to be like really I don't want to say superficial, but that's the only word I can think of, like in terms of like mm -hmm. everyone competing for space there and like is it that way or maybe superficial isn't the right word. I guess everything just obviously it's based on the way people look, the hair, which makes sense. Um but also <laughs> Like, are you just competing with people that maybe have a lot more followers or is it more people that are better established? Have they, or they're doing, it's people that are successful because they're just really good at social media and not necessarily good at hair. 
most of the people in hair world that are really big on social media have probably been in hair for at least 14 years. Okay. So they've been around a lot more experience. Um, and then some hairdressers, I mean, there's this guy named color by Carlos mm-hmm. and he's like making all these hilarious, like comedic reels about hair. So a lot of people want that now. They like want to see, I guess, kind of like what we go through and what goes on in our minds. Um, He's super popular, but he's just like constantly putting out like basically stand up comedy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you're not good at like. Right. And if it doesn't come naturally to you, it's so hard, you know? Yeah, I struggle with that as well because it's like I'm like I like try to figure out okay what's the yoga algorithm and a lot of it's like performative yoga which is not what my studio is so it's it is Mm. social media is so complicated yeah plus there's probably a fine line of like um making fun of videos but you also don't want to come across like you're making fun of like your clients sure I mean that's what I overthink but honestly some people are doing it right now and they're getting a lot of notoriety for it. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Hmm. I I just feel like with social media, it's hard to grasp because it's always changing. Yeah. You know, and like when you do run a small business, you already have so much going on. Uh Yeah. So much going on. So then throwing all these videos and trends into it when you're already like exhausted sometimes like it's hard and you do it all for free you're like let me you know spend these hours making all these damn reels another failed reel (laughs) (laughs) i know i get so pissed off if i like spend time making a reel and (laughs) it doesn't get very many views i'm like (laughs) i get i get pissed off even if i don't make a reel (laughs) Like I, I like if I just post something on my social media, like not just if it's something silly, whatever, but like when I posted, like I just got laid off the number of people that didn't message me or do anything to be like, wait, what? I, I was like, okay. That's when I was really started thinking like, are people just passively clicking on by and like, not even paying attention to all this stuff that we're putting out there because that's what it feels like. You know, some people do that. And I will admit, (laughs) I get really (laughs) upset. (sighs) Yeah. Someone will come and sit in my chair and be like, oh, I saw that thing you did. It was so beautiful. And they didn't hit like, and I'm like. Right. You're like, really? Are you serious? Frustrating. So frustrating. Yes. I mean, I was telling Holly this when she was telling me about the podcast and all that. And I really think it's true that people don't want to support you until it's popular to support you. But it's so hard to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, where, where do you bridge that gap? Yeah, no, I totally, 
And it's like, for me personally, like even when I'm not posting stuff for business matters, like I said, if I just post something personal and no one reacts to it, I'm like, what the hell? I get so pissed (laughs) off. And then I have started to work on myself personally. I'm like, okay, I need to manage expectations here. And like, that's on me that I'm like expecting people to respond, but posting stuff like when we have posted stuff for the podcast I'm like very noticeable I'm like okay okay I'm taking tallies (laughs) that was a beautiful way to put it though Alexis people don't want to support you until it's popular to support you because Holly and I continually have a dialogue about how surprised we are that people don't support us you know Um, I mean like Holly with her books yeah. Like, I mean, how many people do you know, Holly, that have told you they bought their book, your book, right? Yeah. Um, I'm always surprised. You know, I think, I don't know if you feel this way, Alexis, but for me, like, I'm always surprised. Like, I had people that I just considered, like, mere acquaintances, like people that I met through work that bought my book and then posted it, pictures of it on LinkedIn. And I was like, oh my God, that's so nice. Or like, whereas like maybe people that you expect to support you don't necessarily. And you're like, wow, it's kind of weird who shows up and who doesn't. I think a lot of that has to do with jealousy, honestly. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. People are so weird. They just want to watch. <clears throat> but they don't want to participate, but they still want to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get out of here. Go away. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay. I, I want to talk about like hair, hair, some hair stuff. And we, Alexis and I have talked about this before, but this was like a while ago because a lot of times I, I mean, really like Alexis has been doing my hair for seven years. Um, Damn, seven? Yeah, it's been seven years. I'm getting old. Don't say <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I think you're younger than both of us. You're doing good. <laughs> yeah, you're younger than both of us. Um, We're all 25. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> people will ask me, like, whether it's friends, family, random strangers, ask me, like, how did you get your hair like that? What did you tell your stylist to get your hair like that? And, or questions along that line. And for me, like, I mean, ever since I've been going to you, like, I pretty much trust you to like, whatever you, you know, when I first started going to Alexis, my hair was like more, um, like, like, and you had one little blonde streak right here. Yeah. So we kind of like moved it into copper. She would, I would show up and she would be like, should we try copper? And I'm like, whatever you think. And we would just move and we evolved into all different colors. And when, when I tell people, like, I just, you know, trust my stylist, like she's an expert at what she does. And like, she's not going to make me look bad. And then when I told you that you were like, well, some people can't trust their stylist. <laughs> um, so like, what if, if someone is listening and they're looking for like a new stylist or a colorist or whatever, like what can they look for? What do they ask for? Or what, what are your tips on that? Well, what they ask for, I mean, that's difficult, you know, just like depending on the service. Um, I would say the most important thing to look for in a stylist though, is consultation. 
Like if you go sit in someone's chair and you just show them a photo and all they say is like, okay, we can do that. That's like a huge red flag. Like Mm -hmm. good stylists, they ask a lot of questions. Like, I don't know. When was the last time you had your hair colored? Was it professional or not? Do you have any box color in here? You know, just stuff like that. So like a good educated stylist will ask you a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. And looking for someone who presents themselves well, honestly, like I've noticed the better stylists like take more pride in how they look. And I know that sounds superficial, but I mean, it's true. I mean, it is a cosmetic job. Like, so you want someone that has like probably good style, keeps up with themselves no that is very true i mean it does sound superficial but i've noticed that as well um because i know a lot of stylists both from running the salon and just being friends with a lot of stylists in general and you can tell and it's just like not necessarily like how they look there's just like a sloppiness factor that you have to be aware of like i think that's really what it comes down to if if your stylist looks sloppy (laughs) that's a concern i feel like good stylists like take pride in how they present themselves yeah that's a better way because i don't want my client to ever look at me and just be like oh you know like (laughs) oh this person's gonna make me feel beautiful like, you don't want to do that to someone, you know? And what about, like, upcoming hair trends, color trends? Oh, oh, God. That pixelated hair is coming back. <laughs> what is that? I can probably find a photo on my phone. I don't know if it'll show up. Pixelated hair. You know what those... um those coontails tried to come back into style not that long ago you know where it's like the super bright white strip and then you put black (gasps) yeah because that was like a kesha kesha had her hair like that right yeah but i mean that was like oh yeah that was a scene kit thing yes it was yes it was oh i didn't know it was called that and i feel like that's not a good name for it raccoon (laughs) no i know but i still want to know what pixelated means okay yeah i would think that would be like little squares that's what isn't that what pixelated means like chunks it kind of is except finer which also I like want to do it, but I'm also terrified. I can't. Well, it's a dang video. <laughs> <laughs> do you think living in Austin, like doing hair in Austin, affects your business? Given that, like, I mean, Austin style, like, I feel like more of the colorful hair is like trendy here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, if you had a salon, you know, somewhere a little more conservative. Oh, I'd want to (laughs) die. Like, I feel like. (laughs) 
And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you all. <laughs> I couldn't do it. No. Make pl- please make that the preview clip for this episode. <laughs> what would you do if you didn't have a slot in Austin? I would want to die. Listen to our ex- episode with Alexis. Well, I feel like... So when I was at Salon Karen, and not like <laughs> the connect, right? bro, like they all did the same brassy ass, yellow ass, five foils per section, highlights, like just cookie cutter hairdressing. And I didn't get into color for that. So yeah, if I wasn't in Austin, I wouldn't have the clientele I want, basically. You know? Yeah. I couldn't do it. I don't think I'd even do hair outside of a city similar to Austin. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not doing just, like, brown root touch-ups and yellow highlights all day. I'll scream. Have you ever had any clients that maybe they want to do, like, a fun color, but they're nervous about it or they're afraid about their work or... Oh, yeah. A lot of times, but there's ways around that. What What is the conversation? What is the, What are the ways around it? Uh, usually, my clients like that. We throw it here, way in the in back. The back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when they're on their Zoom meetings, like now, they can flip it back. No one sees it. But when they go out, bada bing, pink, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Or we do, like, if I have a client who's blonde, but she wants to be, like, fun for a little bit, I'll just let her toner over-process, and then she'll be really lavender. But, like, in three weeks, it fades out to blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's See? cute. I love talking people to fashion colors. <laughs> They're like, I could never do it. And I'm like, but... You could. And what about people that are like wanting to do something different with their hair and they like see these like how to videos on TikTok and they're like, I'll just mix up some baking soda and (laughs) whatever else and (laughs) do it myself. You know, my best friend sends me those videos all the time to piss me off. Yeah. Yeah. How mad I'll get. Um, I don't really have people bring me those though. That hasn't happened. Yeah. But I see them and I'm just like, why? Or like the videos of people cutting hair with swords and fire. Yeah, that's so weird. Those are yeah. the reels that are trending. I was about to say, this is the kind of stuff you need to put in your reels, Alexis. Why don't you get one of those right. uh, hair heads, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah. And you can be like, yeah, mannequin, a hair head. I like that. A hair head. <laughs> I'm calling you that next time. You <laughs> Every video you can be like, okay, here's what happens when you can do like a Bill Nye, the science guy. Here's what happens when you mix this trending recipe on TikTok and try to color your hair at home. And then bam, hair ends up in flames. <laughs> Okay, so we're signing up, right? When I bring yeah. fire, don't run. Don't catch my hair on fire. <laughs> You're volunteering. That was tribute. 
But if you have a, a hair head waiting for me at my next appointment, I will gladly help you out. <laughs> oh, God, no. Well, Alexis, we have taken a lot of your time. Is there is there anything we haven't asked that you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. And that's perfectly fine. We we ask a lot of questions, so yeah. But tell us, uh, you know, where can people follow, find you online? Um, follow you, Pink Lotus Beauty, <laughs> on Instagram. Pink Lotus Pink Beauty. Pink Lotus Beauty. I do love that name. That's that's good. Thank you. Um, actually, funny story. When I changed my name to that, because it used to be. I think it was Salon Lotus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bored with it, and I changed it to Pink Lotus Beauty. And one of my clients, Isaiah, texted me when he got the notification for his appointment, and he asked me if it was a euphemism for excuse me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so now, like the running inside joke inside the whole building is like, you know like pussy power salon so. <laughs> yeah. I would have never thought that but that is funny that's great right pink lotus beauty I mean more power to you right, right? Yeah. yeah pussy power pussy power <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well, thank you for joining us. We had a lot of fun, obviously. Look, I finished that whole glass of wine. You did. I'm almost done. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulias7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for yoga for all humans, it is at yoga for all humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, Don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour. Or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.